0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about potential for the college football championship. And I'm going to tell Rufus once and for all that it should be a 16 team field. We're going to give our picks and follow up. Rufus right now is 15 and 10 in college, I'm 12 and 13. Then we're going to be talking a little bit about. Scott Van Pelt's line about wanting to be on the same side of the house percentages mean and do they mean anything? We'll talk about a few other Twitter gambling issues and then we'll follow and we'll conclude with our NFL picks. I'm 14, 9, and 1 and Rufus is 12 and a half, 11 and a half, 12 and a half, 11 and 1 and a half. So, anyways, as always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by Sports Action app. We're going to still call it that work app, which is available free on the itunes store and the google play store and it is a wonderful way to track all of your picks and to get the best lines so download it today and with that let's start the process Seven of the second season of the Brett, Bet the, Brett, the, Brett the Broadcast. <laughs> Brett <laughs> of the, the, Bet the broadcast. I can't even speak. The Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, they told me to stay Brett out Cass. of politics, so I'm going to stay out of politics because no one wants to hear my politics. Uh, how are you doing, Rufus? You're down in D.C.? I
1: am. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm at my parents' house, but it's empty. Just me. That's
0: weird. I am in uh, your neck of the woods, or your... Um, stomping grounds, uh, Philly. Yeah, so. that's that's
1: that's where Cade Massey is, and that's where that's where my hashtag partner is from.
0: And that's where I'm going I mean, to hashtag. I'm going to have hashtag lunch with hashtag Cade Massey tomorrow. Nice name dropper, name dropper. I'm going to see if he has any good potential people for me to recruit for my new endeavor. Yeah, congrats. you, you have a new gig. Yeah, we can't talk about it publicly yet because it hasn't been announced publicly. Because there's just gonna be a big splash when it happens. No one's gonna give a shit. But anyways, I, I like to shit. pretend there'll be a big splash. Thanks, Rufus. I I give, I'll it.
1: give more of a shit if you keep yeah. if, if if you speak into the microphone consistently this
0: time. I am like I'm just like s- sucking down this microphone. So I mean, I, I give you a C so far. I feel like you've kind of come in and out a little bit, but. I think it's just because I'm so um, animated when I talk that I just kind of move my head a lot.
1: Maybe maybe that's it.
0: Anyway, so you're giving a speech tomorrow, is that correct? What is the topic of your speech? It's how analytics can make us better decisions. It's the same speech I give all the time. I'm giving it for Lincoln Financial. You familiar with them? As in the people that own the stadium, that the the, the Eagles? I don't think they own the stadium. I think they just got the naming rights. It's
1: impressive on their part. So, And they hired, they brought you in, so they did something right. Anyway, are we ready to delve into last week's college football game? Yes. Let's
0: do it. Yes. Yes. So Notre Dame, big win over Virginia Tech, much to your chagrin. Are they a legitimate contender for the national championship now? I mean, no one is really a legitimate contender outside of Alabama. It seems like, but are they in that? Are they a legitimate second tier pretender or contender?
1: Well, they do move up from number ten to number eight in in the Massey Peabody ratings this week. They had a an excellent game grade um, of they were ranked eighth in the game grades. I got I got all this data in front of me, so sometimes I get lost in it because I actually wrote things down on sheets of paper. <laughs> Uh, but wow, look at you. I, not multiple I, tabs. No, I mean I got that too. But I, I actually did not watch any of the game. I didn't watch any of any of the games. I had a, a weekend with my girlfriend in New York City. So it was probably the least amount of football I've watched on a football weekend in a while. But um I, I do We're think gonna, that right man, now I think the I think the playoff picture is shaping up to be quite interesting because of Oklahoma's loss to Texas. Now We'll get into this more later with futures, but but what do you think of, of the Big 12's chances now?
0: Well, I was. This is what I wrote in the notes: is I, I assume that their chances to get in are not very good, right? It's got to be Texas out at this point, right? I mean, that's that's the their biggest opportunity.
1: Wait, Texas? You think Texas is the most likely to get into the Big Twelve teams?
0: Um, I. Yes, I don't know. You think who do you think's got a better chance? You think Oklahoma, yeah, coming back and what?
1: I mean, so I have Oklahoma still with a forty-three percent chance to win the Big Twelve. Texas is at thirty percent, and so yeah, Oklahoma. Per the rest of the way, regular season wise, we project them at only zero point nine losses, whereas whereas that's one point six for Texas. And I mean, Oklahoma is is solidly the better team, and I think their playoff chances are actually higher than any other one loss team in the country higher than michigan higher than washington higher than penn state they're 21 percent right now so basically half the time they win the big 12 will get in but the big 12 as a conference is not in you know not sitting pretty right now is a conference the- actually we only give them a 33 and a half percent chance of of having a team in the playoff
0: the big 12 has a playoff it has a playoff game this year right a championship game
1: they do. They don't have the geographic divisions, so it's just the top two teams play each other. But you know who nobody's talking about in the Big Twelve is West Virginia, who's undefeated.
0: Yeah. Well, and the reason they're not talking about them is they don't think they're very good. Well they're
1: they're not. And like you said really last week,
0: they haven't really played anyone. They still haven't played anyone. What's up? No.
1: No, they haven't played anybody yet. I mean, right now, if you, I ha I still I have them as the twentieth ranked team in the country. They've played the 80th toughest schedule so far this season. Remaining, their remaining schedule, fourth toughest. And toughest of any team inside of the top uh, 25. So, I think the, the, well, actually the only team in the top 30 with the tougher remaining schedule is Oklahoma State. So, th- their schedule is extremely backloaded. We still see them losing, I think, three more games. There are, well, three games. They haven't lost any yet the rest of the way, so... Is there anyone
0: outside of the top five that you're interested in? So, if the top five are the obvious Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Notre Dame, is there anyone that you're interested in outside of that to make the playoff? And it's interesting, like you only have Notre Dame as the number eight team. I was watching ESPN, and they were Trevor Maddox was saying. I think it was Trevor Maddox was basically saying that he thought Notre Dame was the only team that was equipped right now to give Alabama a run for their money because of the you know elite talent they have on both sides of the ball. What about Clemson? Clemson has elite talent. Ohio State They has thought elite that talent. like they they his his thought that Trevor Lawrence was too green at this point. He thought by the end of the sort of season he might be ready to do it, but right now he doesn't see him being able to like play against Alabama that was his premise
1: well what's interesting right now is that Clemson has the number one chance of any team to make the playoff at 85 percent according to our simulations I don't want to just say that's their chance because it is an estimate it's a model you know there's error but 85 percent Alabama 79 percent even though Alabama is a better team but Clemson just has a much easier path to win that conference they're they're 78 percent to win the ACC
0: and they could you know do you still other? have Clemson as the number one offense? I mean, number one defense, sorry.
1: Um, yeah, now you're making me open these tabs. i got to find the right hey, tab. They're, yes, I do. I still have them as the number one defense. And they played the number one game of the week. And in fact, you know, their, their demolishing of Wake Forest was the number one graded game of the college football season by any team. So they move up. We haven't gotten to movers and shakers yet, but they move up from number four to number two, and they switch places with Ohio State who underwhelmed in beating indiana in a game that i got wrong right right yes but outside the ohio top state five, sorry
0: no i just i the there's a general narrative right now in ohio state that their their offense i sorry their defense is very bad and gives up a lot of big plays and so I was interested to see whether you were going to have a play this week on Ohio State, um, just because I think there's a lot of people who believe that they're like deep, you know, they they, they just it's just what mainstream media has been saying. So, you know, you know it's just I, like everyone's so it, it, right, and, and it's interesting because it's like people aren't even really giving Georgia much of a shot when you know you still do you still have them ranked. So you have Alabama one, Clemson two, Georgia
1: three. Georgia three. Yeah. Clemson, Ohio state flip flop from last week. And you're right. The, the, from what I've read about Georgia and I, I should preface this by saying I haven't actually watched any real Georgia football, maybe like two or three minutes of a game against Tennessee, but they're saying that Georgia's defense has been, I think Bill Connolly said more bend, but don't break than he expected and that um, they've kind of underwhelmed, even though they've beaten everybody they've been supposed to beat. But the other thing is that maybe they're sort of saving this. They haven't really had to show anything yet. I, I I do think there probably is some value to being vanilla if you can be vanilla and still win convincingly and kind of sit, you know, don't use up all your bullets like before you need to, right?
0: Yeah. No. I I, I mean, I think the thing with Georgia, right, is that they're they're they have had all these like Moreau, and they're they have a ton of talent, and you know, again, it's right now them and everyone else so until alabama gets i mean it doesn't for a little little while um are we're, we're talking about not getting a lot of value on futures right
1: yeah no there's not much right now you know my georgia bet that i liked at seven to one uh is no longer as value georgia's down to plus 725 i, I do see value on clemson though i i Uh, let's see they're plus 400 at the Westgate. i think there might be better elsewhere than that um i have a friend that bet them at plus 450
0: so with all this right now why not i mean like so you just don't you just can't get a big enough position down against alabama at this point
1: yeah i don't i don't know where you could really do that i think there's prop bets on whether they win the college football championship or not but i haven't really looked too hard but actually, one more place I do see value is actually on Oklahoma. Still at fifty to one, I think they should be thirty-one to one. And I think if you can even a one-loss Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve stands a reasonable chance of getting in, depending on how how things break elsewhere. Right? I mean, I think Oklahoma is going to be stronger than any Pac-12 champ at this point if they win it all. If let's say what happens if if Clemson doesn't come out of the ACC. You know, I mean, one less Oklahoma definitely gets in. I would say over whatever other SEC team. So you think if Washington
0: wins out, if Washington wins out and Oklahoma wins out, you go Oklahoma over Washington?
1: Definitely. Hmm. I mean, you you just because the strength.
0: Well, I mean, Washington's only loss would have been, you know, kind of on the road to an SEC, like a power SEC team. You know, arguably one of the top three teams in the SEC. So, mm. which now is two
1: losses, though. But Oklahoma has the thirty-four, number thirty-four strength of schedule. Washington's number fifty-two. That's so far. So far, Oklahoma's been twenty-seven. Washington's been thirty-six. But, um, but yeah, I mean that the Washington the fifty-second hardest strength of schedule is. I mean that's the basically of any of the top teams. Like, well, that's second easiest. Alabama is actually the easiest at number 54, because guess what? They don't have to play themselves.
0: So give me give me a little bit about how you do this this uh, futures modeling. You talk about the uncertainty, and I know you do simulations, but it'd be sort of interesting to tell the listeners who have told us that they like more geek talk. So tell them a little bit about how you do the, the modeling for futures. It's fun. Uh, Kate and I are quite proud of what we've, we've done. We simulate the rest of the season
1: out accounting for the fact that a team's rating is going to be expected to change over time and so we've modeled the changes based on how our our ratings for the teams have changed historically so if a team wins by 21 points and they were expected to win by you know three points well we're going to expect that their rating will improve but also they could win they could have won by 21 points and done so you know in a more lucky fashion right or they could have done it based on more skill so there's gonna they're we model in that sort of randomness around that, so we have an estimate, and then we have some noise. We kind of simulate from this distribution, and so the rating will change every week um, as we simulate out the rest of the season. And we simulate it out um, twenty thousand times, I believe it is. And then we also do the same thing with the conference championships. And then the fun part starts, right? Then we have to figure out who's going to actually make the playoff, and and that's kind of the most challenging endeavor because we're trying to model a decision making process that like nobody really understands i don't even know what the stated goal is of the committee are they trying to get the best teams or the most deserving or the ones that will give them the highest tv ratings like i'm not entirely sure but we go by we basically try to model who they're going to select based on traits that they based on traits in previous selections um that they've valued a certain way. So the the problem is that I think we've had what, five years. Is that right, Jeff? Five years of the college football playoff.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: So So there's certain attributes certain things. So the, so the good thing is it's not like we're just saying, Oh, these four teams made it this year. So we're, we're going to use just those four data points. No, we get, I think there's, there's sets of there's six or seven sets I mean, of ratings every single you year, and I, right, Jeff?
0: But you and I, right? You and I have talked about this though. This is this is a real, this is a real issue, just because there's not enough. Data no, there isn't about this, and, and the issue is that you have no idea whether that historical data will even matter. It's true because and their criteria could change over time, which I I believe it has, and it seems like it changes from year to year. For sure. So and it's, it's much. Art as science, and we try to model things
1: that we that are, I don't know. So, for example, things we use are what, what we have is the team's power rating based only on the in-season performance. So not using a prior because we don't think that the committee is going to be factoring in the prior. Even though we think that the prior would still help to determine which team is, you know, to t- determine the order of um, teams in terms of predictive
0: well, I mean, like last year was a perfect example, right? We we after the SEC championship, right, you had a situation where like maybe, you know, um Alabama would be out, right? And so right. all of a sudden there became value on Alabama and the futures market. And the minute they got in, all of a sudden there was tremendous
1: do you remember we showed we showed we showed that there we showed there being value because yeah,
0: we we talked about this we yeah. told people to bet that and, and, and like, I didn't that bet was, it myself and I felt like an idiot. I mean, I, I wasn't in Vegas. Yeah, I was in Vegas and I did bet it, and then I happened to go to the national championship game and ended up rooting for Georgia, but basically, you hedged out. yeah, I hedged out. So you hedger. Well, it wasn't a hedge, to be honest. It was. It was really just I wanted to enjoy the game and root for Georgia at that point. So That's it fair. was. It was. Yeah.
1: Anyways, all right. Uh, I was in Morocco. But wait, wait. Let me finish though. So, so I was saying that that I, you know, I, I model the committee's uh, decision making. But we have multiple weeks of data each season, and we have the top. What is it? Top twenty or twenty five? They they do each week. But the certain things you you can't really. Certain things, like whether a team won a conference championship, we do have a small sample size we're working with because we only can we only have like the final ratings uh, to assess the committees or to try to guess the committee's weight on that particular criteria, right? So Mm -hmm. it's tough, and and there's we take it with a healthy dose of humility, and (laughs) we model a lot of randomness into the process. And so when I say Clemson's eighty five percent. You know, that's definitely not a fact, but I do think it's it's an interesting exercise. And I think when you delve into the numbers and sort of look at different simulations and say, okay, what happens in this particular simulation when we have, you know, Alabama losing to SEC in the title game? Um, wait, I said losing to SEC, losing to Georgia in the SEC title game, you know. <laughs> um do they get in over a one loss note or over an undefeated notre dame like probably not right you know things like that so uh, i think it's a it, it, it's it's a good it gets a little it's bit more, more it makes the debate so more fun.
0: right now right now to me there's like too many options so i, I think this gets much more fun towards the end of the year oh, see i so love that we spent now. whatever 45 minutes on it this time like jeff um, i'm, I'm getting on the picks
1: well well actually i, I want to move on to one more scenario that I particularly like. Sure, um, this affects sure. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State—the four, five, and six ranked teams in messy Buddy, mm-hmm. it's theoretically possible that they all tie atop the Big Ten East if Michigan beats Ohio State um, and Penn State beats Michigan, and then they win the rest of their games, which is not all that unlikely. In that case, both teams have all three teams have one loss in the Big Ten we end up going down to the number five tiebreaker because they all have the same record um, amongst each other. They have lost. um, They haven't lost any of the other teams. And you, you go to the tiebreaker of strength of schedule of interdivisional games. So basically the toughest who had the toughest schedule of their games against the big 10 West And, and Ohio state avoided playing Wisconsin, which normally you'd say, well, they got lucky. But in this case, they would be out. It would, they would hurt them. It would either be Michigan or Penn State, depending on how the other teams end up performing. You the know what would
0: happen in that situation?
1: Ohio you know what's going to happen in that situation? Playoff despite not getting know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin
0: will beat whoever, Michigan or Penn State, and then Ohio State will go and mm-hmm. everyone will complain. Isn't this, didn't this happen a few years ago? It did, but it not did. quite like that, but it, it did happen. It was, Pence, I think in that situation, it was that they lost a game, right, going into that. And it wasn't like, it didn't go down to tiebreakers. Like, no, that's true. That's true. But, you know, in Alabama last year, got in
1: without even getting to play for their conference title. So, yeah, it could happen. It all just depends on the rest of the landscape, right?
0: This is why we need an 18 playoff, 18 playoff, and or then we'll 16 team playoff, which I love. Nine and 10 and all that. No, Why do we team, make the know, entire
1: season one huge single elimination tournament? First no, no, round, first I, round, you get Alabama. I'm going to say this again Texas because State.
0: I. You do a 16 team tournament. Every conference winner gets an automatic bid, and then yeah. I think that leaves something like six at large or something like that. And then you have six at large, and that's it. Boom, done. Jeff, what do you think Perfect. about player safety though? It's fine. You get rid of one of their games that they have against a bad team and you get rid of their conference championship game. And so the, the, the automatic bid is the regular season champion. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then basically you're only really adding a game or two for like one or two teams. You know, I'm down for that. Where do I sign up? It'd be amazing. It'd be so fun. So fun. Okay. Uh, let's go to picks. I got the brains, you got the looks. Let's make lots of money. You got the brawn, I got the
1: brains.
0: Let's make lots of money. I am a wonderful twelve and thirteen in college. Rufus is fifteen and ten. Let's see. You, week, we
1: both went two and three, right?
0: Yeah. Last week, Georgia State was a bad pick over Troy. Biyu was a terrible pick over Utah State. Michigan was a good pick over Maryland, although kind of dicey for a while. Central Michigan, I still contend, was, that a, was good a good pick, pick, pick over Buffalo. That was a good yeah, pick. He threw like 17 interceptions. I love that pick. And Florida, plus three over LSU, that was good. That was an outright winner. Um, you had Ohio State minus 25.5, which... That was a bad pick. was probably... I mean, Steve Fezzik I mean, must it have almost right. covered, though. It, yeah,
1: it looks like it would have been a late cover anyway. But you know Florida plus three, Sometimes you don't know what the narratives are. And you
0: need a Steve Fezzik to tell you. Kansas State plus twenty nine at West Virginia. Sorry, Kansas plus twenty nine at West Virginia. Baylor minus four and a half versus eight. So I had Baylor in that game with you, and I had then I ended up having uh Kansas State in the second half. So I Polish middle to myself. It was pretty awesome. Nice. That game Polish yep. middle to me. And then uh, Virginia Tech plus six and a half versus Notre Dame, which wasn't even close.
1: No, it wasn't. That was that was the weakest of the plays and, and maybe I should have factored in the quarterback situation more, huh?
0: <laughs> well, quarterback matters, you've determined, so maybe you should have.
1: Okay. Let's get on to this okay. week's. Okay. To I'm gonna start? start
0: with what's that? I'm gonna start with TCU minus seven over Texas Tech. Uh I don't think Texas Tech is very good and I like to give you a Thursday night game, so boom, there Thanks. goes the dynamite. You know, I'm gonna give you guys a gift in
1: that you didn't bet on Arkansas State against App State like I did. So you have a first win. You did when went to half. a half. Eleven. I got, an got 11. it eleven. But uh, I'm gonna take Northwestern minus four over Nebraska. That's it. No I'm comment there. there. No any any comment there. about that. I'm saving my comments for the NFL picks. I have a lot of those, though.
0: All right. Duke plus three over Georgia Tech. Uh, I actually got heard like a lot of good tidbits on this after I looked, after I'd already made this pick that Duke's coming off a bye. Duke plays the option historically very well. They've had a lot of time to prepare for Georgia Tech, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. David Cutcliffe's good record against Georgia Tech. This is all stuff that Phil Steele said. On Doug Kazarian's podcast, our friend Doug Kazarian, so um, I don't want to take credit where credits due. That sounds like a lot of research. well, yeah, Phil Steele knows so much. I mean, I don't know whether it translates to him being actually a useful gambler, but he does know a lot.
1: I'll tell you what I'm learning though is that to come up with these sort of narratives and explanations for picks takes a lot of time. like it does. I, I actually spent a good amount of time this week on on my flight today going through the nfl stuff and trying to find some little some
0: you, you flew from to boston to washington dc so it could hey, have been an that hour that's an hour of time um, i'm calling so, bullshit on you spent a lot of time on your flight
1: i i filled up two pieces of paper right so i'm going to take too missouri cheap, you're too cheap to afford the internet <laughs> no I, actually, I i use the internet too but i kind of like writing stuff down as well Um because it, when i use pieces of paper i don't have to click in all the different tabs so gotcha. my second pick i'm gonna take missouri plus 28 at alabama i think that alabama while they are the number one team in the country they are not like 10 points better than everybody else like people seem to think
0: and so go missouri you know they're they've gotten back toward what the last three weeks in a row and can't depend on the back door, but that's the whole point with these lines being inflated. There's there's a bunch of ways you can win these games when the lines, when the lines are that big, right? It doesn't have to be a very competitive game to cover 28 points. That's true. Jeff, I just got a text message
1: about you. I told my brother I was recording the podcast, and he says, Tell Jeff to stop typing. I
0: can hear him from Connecticut. <laughs> that's also because you bitch about it all the time too. Uh Virginia Tech minus it's five and a half over UNC. Um, uh, nothing more than just feeling like Virginia Tech is a little underrated. Still, the quarterbacks, which obviously has hurt them, but I don't think UNC is very good. Although UNC is getting some players back, I think that that's why this line's probably dropping. I, I lean
1: your way there as well. Um, I don't have to play there, but uh, I'm going to take USC minus seven. Against Colorado, Colorado, who I just found out is undefeated, but their strength of record is mm-hmm. not too impressive. Um, we the strength of record stats basically the chances that an average top twenty-five team with playing that playing the same schedule would have as many, at least as many wins. So basically, we're saying that the average top twenty-five team would has would have a sixty-eight point five percent chance of going undefeated with Colorado's schedule. So they haven't done that much. Um, USC has lost. But they are just a, a – and they've lost two two times. But they're um, a, an immensely more talented team, I think. And I think Colorado is going to be exposed. I think it should be about 10.5. Okay.
0: Uh, a pick we both have, Washington minus three over Oregon. Actually, one thing on that Colorado thing, like this is that classic. You look at a line and let's say you knew nothing about analytics or nothing about the two teams, and you see a USC team with, you know, some suspect games and losses and you see an undefeated Colorado team that's ranked and you see us seven point Colorado. Yeah. Ranked 55. According to me, no, they're ranked in the top 25. Let me, let me look at what they are. Um, Yeah, they're definitely ranked opening my handy sports action app. Let's see here. Action network app. You got to get the name, right? It's changed. No, I'm just gonna call it the sports action app because that's what Brian Mead wants me to call it. Let's grandfather to, that in to, as like a you know silent protest to the world of of big corporations, and it's a screw you to Chad Millman. Uh, yeah, Colorado is 19th. No, damn, that's that's high. So, it's very high. I would worry about saying things about Chad Millman, but I know he never listens to our podcast. So <laughs> Just kidding, Chad, which you never listen to our podcast. So it's kind of insulting to me that he never listens to our podcast because I really feel like he would learn something if he listened to it. It would be interesting. Let's see if we get any Twitter feedback on it. Yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll blow him up. Um, yeah, you have Washington also, right? I have Washington minus three over Oregon. I do. Um, and then I have as my last pick – Memphis plus four over UCF. This is the classic double revenge spot for oh. Memphis. Double revenge. Not just revenge. revenge, double revenge. And clearly, more. they were looking past, they were looking at this game, played their last game. So that indicates to me that they're really focused on this game. If you can't Weird. tell, this is all sarcasm. But I do think you are getting some line value here because of how Pat poorly they played in their last game, which was you know one of those island games that people were watching. So I like Memphis here <laughs> in this game, getting four points at U- against UCF. Okay, and I'm gonna sort of delve. I'm gonna I'm gonna go further. Well, down what do your numbers areas. say there, Rufus? Are your your numbers like either side?
1: Uh, now I have to dig up my numbers. Memphis against UCF. My numbers. I, I make UCF a five point favorite. 4.9. Mm, so you like, so you like I don't DCO really have that, that. That total for that game is 80, huh? That's quite. That's the highest total I think I've seen so far this season.
0: Could be a lot of points there, so four points may not even come out.
1: Yeah, I have to like the under, don't I? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I may get to 77. Without factoring in the weather. but But you know, what, you know, it's supposed to be uh, 5.3 mile an hour, 5.3 mile an hour wind and 68 degree temperature. So you got to factor that into Jeff. Do you think those conditions are better for Memphis? I know that was sarcasm in case you didn't, I would love to be
0: sitting in 68 degree weather with a little five degree breeze. I mean, five mile an hour breeze. Isn't that like it's like permanent weather in San Francisco? Is it sticky? There's always humid in DC. also. Yeah, it's hot as balls. It's hot as crap here. I don't know what's going on. It's global speaking, warming. Speaking of DC,
1: I'm gonna my last pick is gonna be against Maryland, who I have is the number forty something, forty fifth rated team in the nation. Hold on, actually, I
0: think lower than that. But you love Rutgers, man. You're always on Rutgers.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they have not done me well so far. They're rated one hundredth. They're not any good but they're not 129th or what is, is that the last, that's that's the number of teams in college football, I believe, 129. Actually, no, there's 130 because there's Liberty, but I pretend they don't exist because I don't have any priors on them. But yeah, I just don't think Rutgers is is How do you think the Liberty,
0: how do you think the Liberty players feel about that?
1: Well, they they think that I'm being a responsible practitioner of data analysis. And (laughs) I I wouldn't want to compromise them with imperfect data. So they're not, they're just not anywhere in the ratings. They're not last. They're not first. So let's quickly recap our picks just so everybody has them because we kind of took a while and meandered through. Jeff is taking TCU minus seven over Texas tech Duke plus three over Virginia tech. Sorry. Duke plus three over Georgia tech, Virginia tech minus six over UNC Washington minus three over Oregon and Memphis plus four over UCF. I'm on Northwestern minus four over Nebraska, Missouri plus 28 over Alabama USC minus seven over Colorado Rutgers plus 25 and a half against Maryland and Washington minus three at Oregon.
0: Uh, Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening on Twitter and any things of what's happening in the gambling sphere. Um, Scott Van Pelt, who did you ever go on Van Pelt show when you were with ESPN?
1: So, you know, I was a huge Van Pelt fan, I have to say. And we I went in, we did sort of a, a practice. I don't even know what you call it, like recording practice. What do you call that? Like rehearsal? a rehearsal, mock- a rehearsal. I don't know. It was it was sort of a, a set. Um, I don't know, practice thing, right? Get the point. Anyway, yeah, like because I think they thought I'd be a good fit with Van Pelt because of his gambling thing. And Van Pelt message, you know, he he told me, like gave me his number and was like, yeah, you know, this is great. Like, let me know. You know, I know what it's like being new. Let me know if you have any questions or anything. And I, I messaged him and thanked him, and he never said anything back to me, and they never put me on Van Pelt. So apparently, <laughs> you know, I guess we didn't have good screen on screen chemistry. I don't know.
0: I was yeah, totally I think too nervous I, at the
1: time. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I on think Van Pelt. Like, I was like, I was totally nervous.
0: Doing ESPN stuff, I would have done a lot with Van Pelt. Like Scott and I had a pretty good rapport. Um, I did a, a few things with him. In my last year there and i enjoyed it he's like a really really nice guy he is um i wanted him to like me and he didn't like me no i mean there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it and i think you're right you were probably pretty new at that time and maybe had challenges with the rehearsal or whatever um anyways so, so there was he must have been at g2e which is a big gambling show that's going on right now in vegas and the legal sports report tweeted out that he said in terms of what he looks for in sports betting content, I'll quote, all I was the house because they're gonna win over time. Which side has 80% of the money? Because I'll back the side that has 20% in winners. Or Yeah, so that must be his segment. Um, and also, like today, I was on Tony Kornheiser's show. You should go buy Tony Kornheiser's show while you're in DC. I'd love to. And say hi to them because they would love they'd probably have you on because they, they know who you are. They talk we talk about you every week. You gotta tell TK to get me on there. I will. I didn't I didn't know DC you were in boy. DC. I didn't know you were in DC. So they're not doing a show on Friday morning, so the only time you could go would be tomorrow. Um wow. anyway, so um after I did my appearance today, there was a guy there who is a local um like a local radio legend, I forget his name now, and they asked him what he thought about my picks, and he was basically like, "Like, well, I don't really agree with them because he's with the public on a bunch of his picks, um, and we'll get to what some of those picks were later. And so this notion, right, and so we, we get back to this notion, and we've talked about this a lot, which is that people have this notion that you know you can look at these stats of where the money is, and you can use that to decide, like, what side the house needs, and if you can be on the house's side. Well, there's a few problems with that, right? One, the house is getting one not versus giving one ten, and you this data that you're getting know what it means. And we've also talked a lot about like how sometimes these narratives of what's a public play and what's not a public play, like sometimes. There's sharp bets that people bet that say are sharp bets, and you're on the other side, or I'm on the other side, or whatnot. And you know, I certainly consider you a sharp better. Um, so it's you know, these are all false narratives often, and they don't really have any predictive value,
1: Jeff. Here's They're- the problem you know what, what I, like if I knew the problem is that when I place my bet, I don't know which side the, the public is going to be on, right? So let's say I hold off. Because I don't want to be on the side that the public is on and then the line moves the other way and I've missed my potential bet. So basically or if I wait and and it moves, you know, I mean Well no, that that's another thing too. You can only say what was sharp. You can say that, you know, you can say plus six was sharp after it moved down to plus four and a half, sure. But you can't say plus four and a half is sharp because of that, right?
0: Well, so here's like, I think a lot of these people like fail to understand the whole nature of analytics, right? Like, we don't care from an analytics standpoint, we don't care what the book needs, we don't care who's bet on what side. We're simply believing that we can model out outcomes and beat the market by modeling outcomes better than the market does over the long over the long term. Right. And and fine. And we don't have to bet on every game. So we don't have to bet the market every time. So there may be times when we're with the public and there may be times the public is right, or there may be times the public is wrong. It's just, if you have an analytical system that you have back tested and you believe can beat the market, you just stick with that irregardless or irrespective of, of where the market's going. How about just regardless? Can you do it that way too? Mm-mm. It's not so, a word anymore. They took it out of the dictionary. Can I point out a, a logical fa-
1: flaw in what Van Pelt said? He said, "All I want to know is who does the house need because they're going to win over time. Which side has eighty percent of the money? Because they'll back the side that has twenty. Well, let's say that each side wins fifty percent of the time. There, the house still wins. The house does not like that." The side that has all the public money does not have to win like less than fifty percent of the time for the house to win. Right. And they could actually
0: even win slightly more than fifty percent of the time and yes. still win.
1: Like to me, it, yeah. it, it I'm I'm getting uh, well, get, blah blah blah. What I'm saying is that A does not lead to B in this case.
0: Like the yes. logic
1: just doesn't make sense there. It, it it does not follow from the first
0: statement that the second must be true. So Gower Ramesh. Who is a very good fan of the show, a fair amount, asked us a couple questions um, that I thought were the Idea of dummying up, take the stick. That was something that Billy Walters did a lot. Is that like betting? You know, be able to unload later. Do you believe he did that? And do you know people that do that? Oh, he does for sure. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that
1: that happens, especially early in the week for football with offshore books because their limits are not not particularly high. So I think the cost of actually moving the line is not that, that high if you have the connections to get down a lot. So I mean, I'm sure it happens later on. Yes. Later on. Like, yeah. Right. You bet you if you bet something. And, for and the few thing is, like, uh, so, then come you, back with like, you know,
0: 100,000 on the other side, like, who cares and about hiding, that? 5, they're hiding. They're hiding who they are later on, right? So, like, no one. The lines aren't going to move back based on it's just there's just a lot more volume at that point, and they've gotten the lines they want.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the bigger you are, the the more important it becomes to disguise your action. I really do because I do think that people can learn from your plays. Just yeah, you know, I think even the sharpest betters have patterns. Like, there's going to be times that they no. I mean, that's one of the things that like is Ted under, Ted
0: right? Like that's one of the it, things that Ted Knutson always says that everyone has a gambling signature. Well, it's true. The but sharps do. I,
1: I don't just mean the time you bet or anything like that, but I mean the fact that if you liked Buffalo last week, you're probably not going to be against them next week. And, and so sort of getting a sense of what teams you like and don't like from your picks. And so if the public doesn't right. know who, if people don't know who you actually bet and who moved that line where, you know, I think that that's, that's something Billy Walters was definitely doing. I mean, Horolibus told me once that they, he said like disguising bets was super important to him, and when people found out what he was on, it ended up hurting his future value. He was questioning why I gave out um, why I gave out free plays.
0: Don't talk about Heralobus. He is now an NBA executive. Ah, so there is hope for you, Rufus. There is that what hope. I want to? I, I personally would not like to be an NBA executive. You might like to be an NFL
1: executive. Maybe an NFL you wouldn't owner. want to be
0: the GM of the of the Redskins.
1: No, because I'd have to work under Dan Snyder. If if I were the owner,
0: if, if I were the own owner, the I would sure. want to
1: hire you as the gym. Yeah, and then I would I would hire someone else to do most of the work because I'm not qualified to be a GM. <laughs> so, any thoughts on efficient. SVPS?
0: Any thoughts on SVPS bad beat segment? This is the other question from Twitter.
1: So I don't watch it much. Is it Entertaining. But- yeah i I think it's entertaining i i don't personally think it's harmful i think it's i don't know i think it's perfectly fine it it shows i think it shows how all how common bad beats actually are that they're not uncommon at all
0: so i think one of the things that well okay so i don't think it's harmful i think it's probably painful for someone to watch um it's like a misery loves company kind of thing i think is what you're saying but i remember like i think last year in the beginning in the first Monday night game of the season um, or one of the first Monday night games of the season. Do you remember like the chiefs? Oh um, God. Yeah. Against the yeah. Redskins, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that whole like the, play. That yeah. was like maybe the third or fourth week of the season. Sorry. It was probably one of the first weeks I think. That ever. Yeah. The chiefs and, had
1: just scored in the final minute.
0: Like yes, final one. And what? Then they won, in they seconds. won and covered or they covered, sorry, on the, you know, scoop like 17 laterals kind of situation and i tweeted out something like i don't know i got in a whole tiff with todd Furman about this on twitter and one of the things he said to me or he said or whatever is that you know if you are too upset about this that you are betting too much or and and some of the C- 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 seville guys one of them actually sided with him and the more i've had to think about this it's probably true right like if if you, there's moments of time, you know, like bad beats, as long as it's not happening to you every night, <laughs> like, and, and everyone's been through a run like that, where it feels like you've had like 10 bad beats in a row, but it, you have to like, if you're going to do this, you have to like appreciate or like, almost like respect the fact that there's going to be a portion of your bets that you have zero control over and that are going to be decided by random luck and that's like, just the that's just the sort of the the contract that you're entering into and you have to be okay with that otherwise you shouldn't bet sports and you have to be okay with the fact that once you submit a bet you don't have
1: control anymore i guess you could buy out but but that's kind of you know for certain bets like Kyle Stanley to win the farmers insurance open you can't really do that and you kind of have to accept that he might miss a three-footer that costs you $150,000 right
0: Yeah, but I'm not. Um, The last thing we're gonna talk about, I'm sure you still have not seen "Lock It In." um, Still have not. (laughs) There is uh, a great tidbit brought to us by I think Sizzle, who is the hates Jason McIntyre. Poor just goes after him. Anything that Jason McIntyre says, he goes after him. But anyways, um, he mentioned that Clay. He tweeted out this. Where where they do these locks right? Um, unlock it in because it's called lock it in. So they do locks. Did you did you get that all or not? I got it. Did you get that just, just barely. Okay, got barely. it. It was it was and clever. uh, one of his locks was uh Colorado against Milwaukee in the wild card game, and he's betting twenty dollars, and the to win was TBA because the odds were also TBA. The odds were off the and board, and the notion that you can. So, like, what – no, they weren't off – they just hadn't put a line up yet. Right, right. It so was so like – It wasn't on the board yet, and he decided that
1: regardless of what the line was
0: – regardless, he was going to bet on Colorado. Yeah. So it's just r- ridiculous, right? Like, this notion – and, again, like, you come back to the idea of, like, analytics being, like, the really – the only way long-term that you can beat sports betting – and if you are making bets and you are on television and you're making them in, in, in regardless of what the line actually is, um, it's ridiculous.
1: So question, do you actually think irregardless is the proper word to use there? Or are you just uh, consistently it is, trolling it, English?
0: It, it, it is a proper word to use. It's not at all. What, what are you talking it's, it's a word. Go <laughs> look it up. It's in the English dictionary. Irregardless is a word.
1: Okay, but regardless is the word that would have been better right
0: there. Regardless would have sufficed. Irregardless regardless. also means... You know, irregardless means the exact same thing as regardless. Regardless of your point. I, I do want to say
1: that there, analytics isn't the only way to win. The other way to win is information. If if, if Clay happened to know... Information that, asymmetry, right? Exactly. Having information advantage. If Clay happened but to know that either, the starting either, pitcher from Milwaukee case, was out like, drinking at 6 a.m. and that... Or that, like you know, maybe maybe Clay he had paid still, the Brewers to lose the game. I don't know, and then was going to bet. But you still, you $20. still
0: need to know you spices before recommending it as a as a as a best bet. Hey, but what unless, if, it, if
1: it, you Jeff? Unless you think the game specs, Jeff, do you on, think he knew the game hold specs? On, Jeff? Jeff, this was a lock, so he is sure about it. So in that case, it doesn't really matter. It's a lock; it has to win. Right okay he would be a hypocrite if he wasn't if he didn't give it
0: um at any price true at any price that's the definition of a lock i suppose indeed Uh, can we move on to the nfl we can move on to
1: the nfl let's move on to the nfl where i've done all this thorough research
0: Are we just going to go straight into picks and discuss picks or is there stuff that you want to talk about all my research? Well, I was in case you wanted to know the movers and the best game
1: grades and all that. That's all. But, oh, but it's, okay. it's up to you. It's it's completely up to you.
0: Um, yeah, you Let me put my NFL hat on from last week and remember what happened. Uh, OK, how about how about two games that I had last week that would have been considered very public sides that both lost, what did the game grades look like for Baltimore versus Cleveland and for Tennessee versus Buffalo? Oh, wow. See, I only wrote down on my notes the
1: top and the bottom game grades. But I do happen to know that Buffalo actually pl- had a worse game grade than Tennessee by seven points. They were both somehow in that middle quadrant. Actually, Buffalo was uh, one, two, three, four, fifth from worst. Um, so Buffalo. So Tennessee- so did your
0: numbers say that Buffalo should have lost by seven? um uh, yes okay so i i'm gonna go talk to um you know any people Ask that I money with on that and get my money back what was I the other one that bet Bal- i was in baltimore as well and what did your game grade say um they were somewhere
1: in the middle and i didn't write them down and i didn't open up that tab so we're not gonna <laughs> get to that <laughs>
0: I love that you're but telling me you did all this prep, but did, it's only hey, for what you exactly. I want prepped to tell me. for <laughs> um, exactly. Who were yeah, the big we're movers prepped. and so, shakers? So, but for but this. the most
1: most deceptive scores were definitely Buffalo, Tennessee, and the Giants against Carolina. The Giants played um, played one of the better games. They actually were the number seven game overall, and Carolina was number twenty
0: four. Well, that wasn't That's that deceptive. Right? Cake, the Giants right? essentially should have won. Would have. You know, 63-yarder to lose that game. and That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Um, the Giants,
0: do the Giants not suck then?
1: No, the Giants still suck. But no, I was all excited. But you had a few teams with some big blowout wins. Um, New Orleans crushed the Redskins. And that game was, I don't know, apparently you get a ceremony in the middle of a game if you break a record. Um,
0: the, <laughs> that was the, a really weird game
1: uh, Pittsburgh moved from number 10 to number seven with the dominant win um, we have Chicago moving from 14 up to six Chargers moving from 12 to eight Casey from 13 to nine but wasn't but, Chicago on a buy oh never mind Chicago did not move from 14 to six maybe I was <laughs> looking at like, last week's, was I looking at last week's movers uh, or maybe it? I wrote down the wrong team Apparently, I did not do this well, Jeff. So you keep System. making and not talking into the mic. <laughs> maybe but maybe at you least should have just gone straight into pics. I, I,
0: I like this. This is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. We're not editing this out. No we're not sure for sure this is this is just proves how real this is Um, I should probably we should probably listen to RJ and learn about what we could be doing better and that's probably talking about the actual week that's coming up okay let's do that no yes (laughs) okay so last week uh, I was three and two in the NFL I had Baltimore minus three which was a Loser minus three and a half, which was also a loser. But now that I've learned the tell, I'm gonna change my record. Um, But then I also had Pitt minus three, Pittsburgh, which everyone's yelling me because about saying Pitt. Pittsburgh minus three. The clip, uh, the Chargers, Minnesota plus three, and those were all amazingly easy winners. Um, So I'm fourteen nine and one in the NFL. It's pretty good. Pretty good NFL record. You're up a game and a half on me, Jeff. Rufus, well, you're crushing me in college, so and no, I I'm like, preface I'm this by saying that if I'm if I'm up 500, if I'm 50, happy, so people just shouldn't even pay attention to my college, you know, whatever.
1: I'm only I'm up three games on you in college. You're up a game and a half on me in the pros. I'm up a game and a half overall. So so it's competitive.
0: Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Uh, Rufus last week was Carolina minus six and a half, which was a loser. Baltimore minus three, which was a loser. Seattle plus seven, which was a very interesting game and a in and a big winner. Dallas, I'm giving you the win for Dallas plus three and a half because when that game went off, it was three and a half everywhere. So That's I'm giving scheme. you the win there. I would say, yeah, it's a
1: win push. So you, you get a half a me, win there. I think I should get half a win, not a full win, in the interest okay. of fairness. But then, then we have halves in there, but still. So I go. That's fine. I'm twelve That's and a fine. half Just eleven and one. Okay.
0: And then so Washington didn't good. plus six and a half. In plus, plus six and a half Orleans. in New Orleans. Was that a winner or loser of the Washington game? Um, I gotta check the box score. On to I next, don't remember what next. happened. Okay. I'm going with Minnesota minus nine and a half, I think it's down to ten. Is it nine and a half or ten? Ten I think when it's I nine and a half now. Okay. Did it move in the last like I looked minutes? right before we went on. And I thought it was nine and a half. I'm gonna check now because uh, I want ten everywhere. Ten and about- ten and a half. All right, Minnesota minus ten. I'll take it. Okay. I'm gonna take
1: Oakland plus three at home against but let Seattle. let me. Do you want to give my
0: explanation? Oh. My explanation. I would love to hear it. Arizona is really bad. And Minnesota, is I think that they have, and this is a narrative. that You're gonna mojo. So I like it. Nice. Okay. I'm going to take Oakland plus three against
1: Seattle, Seattle team who I've been on a lot, but Oakland, did you know that Oakland actually ranks fourth
0: in the NFL in yards per play on offense? I didn't know that. Is Amari is Cooper even playing this year? It's ridiculous. I have him on a couple fantasy teams because of Matthew Barry, my friend who was saying how good a year he was going to have. And I was like, excited. I like agreed with him. I thought like, okay, this is great. And he sucks. Amari <laughs> Cooper sucks. Yeah. I wish Matt listened Matthew listened to this podcast so he can hear me curse him out. I'm going to make him listen to it. Uh Chargers minus 1 over Cleveland. I think we both have this, right? Yeah. Yeah, this. yeah I so this, is, like this. this is a, this is a two-star ma Peabody bet. Yeah. Peabody. Peabody.
1: Cleveland uh Cleveland has, you know, has a plus 8 turnover margin out. Of- on the year and honestly looking at their numbers uh, they've they've been outplay successed by their opponents in four of their five games while the chargers have outplay success their opponents four out of five interestingly Cleveland is has held opponents to five for 25 on third down conversions the last two weeks and 14 for 52 if you don't include week one and so I think third overall third down conversions they're very important in explaining who wins a game however there how one team does on third down is not more predictive than other downs uh for the future so basically we think i think cleveland has been fortunate um to be where they are. yeah this was one of the
0: games that the dude on tony kornheiser was giving me crap because he was like oh that's gonna end up being he didn't say this to my face right because he thinks that cleveland is never a public side because it
1: everybody thinks oh the chargers of course they should be favored against cleveland right
0: Right, so he's saying that he thinks this is going to end up being the most public side, the Chargers. So, whatever. If it is, then I'll probably have closing line value. So, screw you! <laughs> um. Okay, I'm going to take the Jets minus the two and a half over Indy. Um, I don't think Indy is, I think the Jets are shockingly. The Jets um, is a favorite. Mm-hmm. You don't like that. I can tell.
1: I mean, I think I don't really have much to play there. I'm going
0: to take okay. Buffalo plus 10. That's Houston. Yeah, I like that. You know, Buffalo's it's, defense it's is shockingly good. They Although, are, like, they, I have vision. They are
1: of, good. Like, But, you, yeah, have, you know what's really bad, though? Sorry, I mean, you're, you're trying to jump on my pick here. This is my pick. It's my pick. I know. Uh, Buffalo's okay. offense is so terrible, though. They, they've, um, although, and last week they had the worst game grade of a team that won a game all season. So,
0: yeah, Shats, Shats tweeted out something about them having like a historically bad offense for as long as he's tracked DVOA or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they have like 3.8 yards per
1: play or something. Like literally they're at the bottom of everything <laughs> by a by mile. But Houston is not that good either. And they did play pretty yeah, well I, last I, week. They should have scored a lot. They should have scored a lot more than they did. It seemed like they were down at the one yard line and like couldn't score. it Seems like every other drive. I think
0: the thing that concerns me about this game, and I know that this is not this is the non-analytics viewpoint. I have visions of flush Allen like running for his life from Jadavion Clowney, and um, a lot and sixes and houston's defense scoring like 14 points itself um so anyways but i i like the pick i actually i think that's an unsexy nasty pick that probably um that probably i may jump on we'll see sounds good uh the niners plus nine and a half over green bay what do your numbers have this at i'm surprised you weren't on this because like from a yards per play standpoint, these teams are two teams are pretty equal, and I think that nine and a half just seems like an, an incredible amount for mm. Green Bay to be giving San Francisco. I got it at seven and a half, but the player model has it at
1: 11, so I have nothing there. It's you know, San Fran, you got the backup quarterback, in, and you have a defense that's been wait, pretty, pretty it's bad. not Joe Montana, no, it's it's CJ B. Third, is that right?
0: You know who he is, right? Yeah. No, no. You know who he is, right? Um, he's Bobby. He's, re- he's Bobby related. Badford, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Re- yeah. I mean, was that's a guy Chargers? that should be that near right? and dear to your heart because yeah. he was a Redskin, Redskin, right?
1: Was he a Red Charger too? Or am I just, was he a coach? I don't know.
0: Damn, I'm going to get so you much crap on Twitter. You. you are so. It's really sad. It's, I know he's it's a Red... really sad, Rufus. You, you have no history. You don't. At all, you need to know your history. He, yeah, he, okay, he was a GM. He's the grandson of former NFL executive Bobby Beathard, who is a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and and his, and so he was the GM. He was very. So just... He's he's the guy. He's the guy that drafted Art Monk, Joe Jacoby, Mark May, Russ Grimm, Dexter Manley, Charlie Brown, Daryl Green, Charlie, Charlie Manley, Brown, and Gary Clark. Do you know who those guys are? I know who Charlie you Brown not is. really You You are not a real football fan or not a Redskins fan if you don't know who those guys are. So, so can I ask,
1: how much does, is his DNA worth to this line? It's worth nothing. So, what do you make the line? And all are right. you at all concerned with San Francisco and the cross most of the country trip to Green Bay?
0: Uh, no, they're flying private. I've
1: been talking to their owners. Into the they're frigid 43-degree temperatures and wind speeds of 12.3 miles per hour. Oh, is it going to be cold there? On a mostly grass, but with that weird artificial grass thing field at night. Interesting. Interesting. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a little chilly. A little chilly. No, Actually,
0: I'm not. I, I, think, I think the Niners are going to – I think that's a lot of points, to be honest for Green Bay, who's not a very good team to be giving up to anyone. I don't think Green Bay's as bad as like they've
1: looked, but what do I know? Okay. Well, we'll see. They they have a lot of talent. They haven't played up to
0: it. Can you move on? To your yeah, name?
1: let's see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Dallas at plus three, and that's a juiced plus three, so I don't know how I want to count that. Like It's not three
0: and a half anywhere. Um, It's... I mean that's a, that's just smart, right? Like in this in this uh contest where we don't like charge VIG, you should always take the juiced sides because you're not like, anyways. What I do, that's why I said plus three, plus three and a
1: half for the Seattle game, even though it was plus three and a half, but it was juiced last week. So, so I So it's, like it's like an Asian I, handicap. It's like an I I Asian handicap it. Yep. I do.
0: I'll like I'll let you have Dallas plus three, period.
1: Yeah, I mean I I've been high on Dallas all year. I think you know their offense has not been very good at all. Um but I do good, believe it actually
0: against Houston. I thought they had some, some good moments. Was... Yeah, I mean,
1: so so they ranked number 23 in yards gained, but um, they're third last in third down conversions on offense, despite being uh, only number 16 in uh, yards to go on third down, meaning that they've basically had a little bit of bad luck on third down. And so I would expect some mean reversion there.
0: Okay. Um, Chicago over Miami. That's my final pick. Okay. And my. No, I just think Miami's still a little bit overrated. That's all. Boom. There goes the dynamite. Boom.
1: So, actually, I I saved my best one for last, actually, the one I like the most to talk about. Uh, New England minus three and a half against Kansas City. I, I I want to keep fading the Chiefs. I, I think that I found some narratives here. Uh, Kansas City has been very, has been on the lucky side on turnovers. They've only lost one of six fumbles on offense, and they're I think plus five for the year. Their offense has been very good. They're number four in yards per play. But remember, Oakland is also number six in yards per play. So you know, don't overreact. Um, they're first in pass plays over 25 yards, which is like my big play metric at 19. Uh, the next best team is 15, but they're only 11th in percentage of plays over 10 yards. So basically, there's more luck in these longer plays and not getting consistent chunks. They're getting like big chunks, like very big chunks every once in a while, but more often than other teams. Whereas New England has not gotten any big plays. They only have nine big plays overall of 25 more yards. But the most. But, I mean, wouldn't thing the conventional this, to me.
0: Well, the conventional. Can I ask you one? That- can I ask you one question? Can the, I mean, wouldn't the the, the non analytics person that wants to debunk your numbers saying, "Well, New England doesn't have, you know, really any skill players that that can stretch the field," whereas, you know, um, Kansas City has a lot.
1: That's true, and and big plays like there is some predictive value there. There's just not as much predictive value as being able to move the ball consistently. Okay. So, and then you're rolling so, up to something.
0: We're getting I very was, excited. What is I it? I was.
1: So, Kansas City has been very lucky on both sides of the ball on, on third down. They have the sixth longest average third down to go yardage, yet the fourth best third down conversion rate in the NFL. Long term, third down isn't more predictive than any other down. The best predictive, the most, what's most predictive is overall performance. Um, on defense, Kansas city has the seventh long. Well, they've given up the seventh longest average third down yardage to go. So they haven't, they've have not had opponents in a lot of third and long situations or wait, no seventh longest. So they have, sorry, they have had a lot of third and long situations, but they've held the opponents to the third or to the lowest, the lowest, the absolute lowest. I know. So can we, can we just,
0: can we just just distill this
1: down conversion rate in the NFL? So Kansas City, which has a very bad defense, has given up the lowest third down conversion rate in the NFL. They've been quite
0: lucky. So the the gist of this, and this is something that Rufus and I have been talking about, whether we're going to start doing and we're going to try to do this, is this concept of these, these stats, um, which are narratives and probably super important um, in terms of what team wins or loses but aren't necessarily very predictive going forward. So the the one that everyone always talks about is turnovers, right? Turnovers, yep. super predictive over when someone, but, but not very, sorry, super um, impact on who wins or loses, but they don't really, they're not predictive. So if you have like the Cleveland, like you're saying, if they're plus eight in turnovers right now, um, likely regressing, at some point, unless all of a sudden, you know, Baker Mayfield d- determines that he's he's not going to turn the ball over, which I think he will as a as a rookie. Um, but wait, Jeff, Jeff, can we point out that regressing doesn't mean they're going to end with zero a, a turnover
1: margin of zero or that we expect their turnover margin to decrease? We just right now. We just don't think it's going to keep going up at that same rate.
0: Well, I think I think I think regrets, regression. So I agree. So I I like this point because people use the term regression incorrectly often, and what they mean is like this team is going to get worse. I think what we mean in many of these cases is that these teams are succeeding with some situations that are unsustainable. So if you're thinking about whether they're going to sustain the current. You know pace that they're at they're only going to be able to do it really if they're able to sustain some things that we don't believe are truly um predictive over over time exactly i don't know if that that was a good way to say it or not but um interesting uh yeah i think i think the new england kc game is it is going to be a very interesting game it's sunday night um When I saw this line, I was, as a New England fan, I was actually surprised. I didn't think New England would be favored by more than a touchdown over KC. I looked at your numbers and I was like, oh, your numbers say that they should be favored by even more. Um, And this will be very interesting because, you know, if you think about all the narratives, KC um, beat New England pretty good last year uh, with Alex Smith. New England has a lot of trouble with guys like Travis Kelsey and and these, you know, these really fast guys like Tariq Hill and but you know, they're ideally going to dial something up to confuse Mahomes um and to turn Mahomes over and if they can turn Mahomes over, I think they win this game. Is this a double revenge spot or just a single uh, revenge spot? I think this is just a single revenge spot because New England before pretty much owned Kansas City up until last year. So they're doubly upset that they stopped the ownership. Their ownership <laughs> was taken, and they would like to reclaim it. Uh, Maybe. Maybe, potentially. Um, Okay, I think that's it. That's all we got. Do we want to recap quickly? So I had Minnesota minus 10 over Arizona. We both had the Chargers minus 1 over Cleveland. I had the Jets minus 2.5 over Indy. San Francisco plus 9.5 over Green Bay. And Chicago minus 3 over Miami. And Rufus had... Oakland plus three versus Seattle. Buffalo plus 10 at Houston. Dallas plus three. Juiced versus Jacksonville. And New England minus three and a half versus Kansas City. Chefs.
1: And yeah, can't, yep. so, Kansas City wants to get their homes back.
0: They're my homes. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening, and we'll see you next week.